2: Welcome to The Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 107. Woohoo! Yay! Episodes. Do we know what episode it is? We don't know. I think oh, we established that I last think week.
1: We got it wrong last week, didn't we? So.
2: Maybe we just say, and it's an episode. And it's the, the latest episode. The newest episode. <laughs> the very freshest the latest. The very freshest
1: latest episode.
2: Hot off the presses. Yeah. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. Got a drink. Go. <laughs> Oh, you're all business today, aren't you? What is this? Come on. Moving on. I have lying down to do. <laughs> <laughs> I have lying
1: down and sleeping to get on with
2: <laughs> Okay. Ready? Yes, no, and then them. you were
1: purposefully late.
2: I wasn't purposefully late. I'll be late. there till
1: like 6.37 o'clock, rock up a quarter to eight.
2: Half seven, I was here. Yeah, my life revolves around making your life worse. Every, everyone's does. Oh, good. Okay, well, we'll... <laughs>
1: Any poisonings this week? Many. Mainly my back at the moment. It's fucking killing me.
2: Was that why you're grumpy?
1: (laughs) Possibly, yeah. I move and he goes, ah, and it really hurts, and I don't like it.
2: You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that, no, which is why I'm annoyed. Oh, do you want some of my various back paraphernalia that I use to keep mine in check? Uh, I'm intrigued by back
1: paraphernalia. I've got one of the spiky mats. Yeah, I'm tempted by one. My brother swears by his and I'm very tempted by one of those. They
2: are quite an experience, I might say. Because you kind of think it's all holistic and then you lie down and go, Jesus Christ, this is a bed of nails. I've also got a back wedge
1: back
2: wedge. Yeah, you wedge it to your lower back and then you bend yeah. backwards and it's meant to sort of correct your spine, the Yeah, I, I it's don't bend very well at all really. Oh, you'll like that. <laughs> Sometimes when you bend backwards on it, you get, oh, that really satisfying big click. You're like, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> I just need to spine your mattress. That's what I need to do.
2: Anyone who's just listening to this first I time mean, is going, great, where it? is the poison and cocktails? What is happening? Poison the back, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's where we started on that one. <laughs> to be fair, many of our episodes have started with us complaining about our backs. It's because we're old now. Hey, general Zers! this is what you've got coming to you. This is all in your future. Indeed. Well, speaking of crippling back pain and paraphernalia that you keep in your house that might be torture devices, I think it's time for us to thank our delicious (laughs) Patreon subscribers.
1: We most certainly should, and they are all wonderful. We have no new Patreons this week, so it's a perfect opportunity for you to come and join us on Patreon. We've had many exciting episodes. There's almost 100 Patreon episodes out there.
2: It's 88, so it's... That's
1: almost 100. (laughs) I thought, uh, for some reason, I thought we were in the 90s. But okay, 88, oh. that's, still a, that's still a high number.
2: It is. It's a high number. <laughs> that's a high number of
1: extra episodes everyone could be listening to right now.
2: Indeed. There's some cracking ones out there. We were very, very modern this week. We went very old yes. and then Terrifying very modern. Research. We carried on the crocus poisoning theme, going back into Greek mythology, and then bang up to 2015 with a case. <laughs> yes, ah. well, that's as modern as we've ever been.
1: So you're missing out if you're not on Patreon. But for the price of some coffees a month you can have all the access
2: <laughs> I don't know
1: how much is coffee where you are
2: the price of an <laughs> avocado toast
1: the price of something where you are you can get all the episodes
2: <laughs> yes it's the price of something. <laughs> very much so i am a marketing expert i'll have you know yes well do join us on patreon we also have an extra special promo for you this week from the gorgeous people over at the ghost gig now this is a para podcast it is different it's original a wonderful podcast have a listen to their promo hello and welcome to the ghost gig
0: Hello, uh, that's Alice, my name's Vince, we're two musicians and we have a slightly unhealthy obsession with horror.
2: So, we thought, why not put the two things we love together?
0: Yeah, so we watch horror films and we write songs about them.
2: And the result can sound like this. Folks
1: plead and cry, shag and they die and the rest is mostly
2: filler.
0: Or like this. Watch is resurrected, the shit goes oh, down. Goes.
2: All this. Zombie cat flick,
1: the zombie
0: cat flick. yeah i like that one or once it sounded like this
2: we cover stories too yeah the weirder the wonderful the better
0: oh absolutely all things vaguely horrific uh like
2: exorcisms
0: uh vampires
2: Ghosts in McDonald's.
0: Drunk ghosts.
2: Hitchhiking ghosts.
0: Cat ghosts. Mysterious boosts. Cannibals.
2: Night hags.
0: Nightmares. And bad (laughs) dates.
2: And lots and lots and lots of...
0: Silliness, usually.
2: Yeah, a lot of silliness. So, if you fancy a bit of musical spooky banter...
0: If you do, you can find us on your favourite or your least favourite podcasting platforms.
2: And you never know.
0: We just, just might scare you a little.
2: So, all there is left to say is... (laughs) Sitting comfortably? Then let's begin. Do check out the Ghost Gig. Wonderful pair of people there. Do give them your ears. <laughs> a wonderful pair of people. Yeah. Well, that's a nice phrase. You're a wonderful pair of people. Wonderful pair of people. A pair of people, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You have no individuality about you whatsoever. God, no. No, you're, you're just, just a pair.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that sounds weird.
2: That's genius. That's what that is. <laughs> I've overstepped my mark, clearly. Yeah. Well, Nick, <laughs> are you ready? God, no. <laughs> to drink cocktails and talk about poison. Mm. Oh, oh, or, 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 mm. if your back is really bad, yeah. we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. Perhaps some nice strychnine or something. That might do the trick. No, you don't want strychnine for back pain well, because no, send thinking, it into spasms Yeah, but I'm
1: thinking a nice spasm might click it into into place or something. Just, just one big jerk and it might just get.
2: go... I don't go ah, oh. You know what's going to happen after this is that I'm going to come at you and try and click you back because <laughs> I can do it, but you're going to resist me <laughs> and it's going to be your fault if it doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. It's my fault, Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, shall we go with the first one? Should okay, let's we, have a cocktail. Shall we dull it with let's alcohol? Dull the pain. And then resort to poison if it doesn't get any better. Yes, why not? Good, let's go with the first one. Okay. Hooray, hooray, hooray. It is my episode this week, my story, but of course we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story or any back pain without a (laughs) cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and it will flavour our cocktail of the week. My story, my pick. And so this week's secret ingredient is Nick. Mm-hmm. Big bunch of
1: keys. Big bunch of keys. Big bunch of keys. Now. Now. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) If
1: it turns out that someone opens a door with a big bunch of keys... (laughs) then we will not be impressed that's the sort no, no, of shit no. i pull so n- <laughs> we have we have higher expectations of you on this one
2: there were many many weird options for this episode this episode is a roller coaster <laughs> of many quotes and many things but a bunch of keys it's not just to open a door so okay. oh, creaky door opening and they went into another room where things happened okay as
1: long as the keys are involved in a fundamental way somewhere along the story
2: i personally love their involvement it's small but it's mighty okay much like a key much <laughs>
1: Yes. Okay. So my question to you is: Yes. How many keys are there in a bunch of keys? Oh, I don't know, actually. I oh, think yeah, carefully, now, what, what forms Because there a bunch? is a correct answer. Oh, to there's this a question. correct answer, is there?
2: <laughs> okay. Well, what is it? A bunch or a bushel? Or is a it is a two? a bushel of keys? <laughs> two is company, three is a crowd. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with five. Five keys.
0: Oh! Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> what?
1: You got it.
2: Yay! Bang on! I <laughs>
1: Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, you got well, it right.
2: You, you can't like two is just, uh, a two's,
1: two's a pair of keys.
2: It's a, pair of keys. It's <laughs> a pair of keys. You can't have a pair of keys. Three is just a sort of a clinking effect that's not, yeah. that's a bit underwhelming. Four, oh, interesting. Who are you? Where are all your houses? And five is yeah, that's sensible. You wear those on your belt. Walk around the office. That's responsibility. That, that is, is
1: absolutely that's power right there.
2: You can open the cupboard by the photocopier You can get
1: the stationery that is that is responsibility so five keys
2: oh we're having a we're having a five keys we're having a five keys a five keys keys cocktail lovely I'm excited I'm intrigued and I think it's high time that we have a cocktail to quell the demons so why don't we hop into the poisonous cabinet kitchen there's
1: no hopping there's
2: no hopping there's a hobble maybe a limp let us let us drag (laughs) our aching limbs into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm so we'll see you in a minute we'll see you in a minute (laughs) And we're back. Hello. Oh, Nick, five keys. Five whole keys. Now this looks like a bit elegant cocktail it's a brown
1: it's a brown cocktail
2: haven't had one in a while actually a brown that's true
1: i mean last week eclipsed all others so yes
2: <laughs> we're blind from that one and i like the accoutrement that you have garnished it with i i'm spying a cherry a cherry it has a cherry but you've used your lovely top hat have the they haven't come out for a while so. no they haven't they yeah. haven't like a top hat yeah thing. It's,
1: it's my thing i need to improve my garnish game my garnishes are lacking
2: need is a strong word. No, I, th- I, th- I think they they do definitely add something. It's a nice thing to have. The, the icing on the cake. The cake is good. The cake is good. <laughs> yeah, ab- no, absolutely. But the icing is nice. But they're what precisely? And so they put I a think... cherry on it, and it's fine. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, it looks very nice. Oh, it smells of booze. It smells boozy. <laughs> well, well, yes. Well done. Yes. That's always good. Okay. So the five keys. I have mm-hmm. high hopes. Hopefully. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
1: Mmm. Ooh, yum, 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 yum. <laughs>
2: Oh yes. Ooh. The official verdict mm. of Nick. Yum 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 yum. Toodle mates from school are we? <laughs> mm. Oh mm. wow. Wowzer. Spit it forward.
1: I think we would say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you may be saying that. I may be saying all oh, manner of words soon spirit forward yes oh that is good oh that's oh that's That's, um (laughs) that's something there oh
1: that's uh, all i'm I'm happy with this
2: (laughs) nick is very happy it's not his episode and he's found the perfect drink Mm. (laughs) oh so that is a really nice spirit forward i'm just gonna keep saying that word (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, that is a lovely cocktail so good i'm thinking bourbon is in. you would
1: be absolutely correct
2: and maraschino Yes, because it's got hints of. It has a, got that sweetness,
1: and the cherry is a give, bit of a giveaway on that but, one as well. Well, it's
2: got hints of a Red Hook, which mm. is one of the greatest it cocktails has. ever. But I'm thinking it's not that.
1: It's not that. It has a slight. It is a variation of a Red said Hook be- said beverage. But have, it does have a have a, a an additional ingredient. Oh,
2: okay, because I'm my, mm, mm, oh. which you yeah. might
1: be able to tell because there is something that sort of slightly kicks in the back of the it does the back of the throat.
2: It does, and I'm terrible at this <laughs> i pride myself <laughs> in having a good palate and as soon as someone says that i'm like i'm like that person at a quiz he goes i don't know i don't know and as soon as you say it, go, oh god i knew that but i'm lying clearly <laughs> what is it i don't oh you're gonna say it and i'm gonna know, oh, yeah, know. Absolutely. okay yeah, so, so it's a bourbon
1: so yeah we have bourbon we have maraschino we Did have a just... red vermouth yes, yes classic of your red hook mm-hmm. uh we also have then Chinar as well oh um, in there as well. Which no, is I would not have of, guessed that. <laughs> given that sort of slightly bitter herbal yeah. thing, and the quantities are not what you would have for a red as well. You're less on the bourbon, more on the, the other spirits. No. But yeah, it's
2: really good. Well, the Chino, I was thinking when I tasted it, I did have this instance of herbal, herbal, herbal. What's he done? What's he done? is he put fucking chartreuse in there? But it's—I didn't shrivel up and die and start bleeding from the eyes. So yeah, I was thinking—is has he, has he done some sort of herbal goodness in here? <laughs> I would, would be—I
1: would be intrigued to try that with with some chartreuse rather than the gin potentially. That could be you, you interesting. You would be
2: alone. <laughs> oh, that, that's
1: fine. I'm mean, more than that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably better. I was to be honest in that case. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Some people do it with KFC, you do it with chartreuse. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that is delicious. That's really good. What a winner! Nice. And again, the Chino that that you bought for one thing. And yeah, made, it's
1: you've... come across in a lot of cocktails actually. Yes. We we've, we've used it. I yeah, we bought it for one cocktail. Thinking mm. I'll never use this. It'll sit in the back of the cupboard.
2: Yeah, but it's come out in a lot of things. I think we should do a ranking at some point of the random bottles of liquor that we have bought for cocktails that have <laughs> made more appearances. So so the yeah. Chino is one. The San Germain, actually. The, so is
1: yeah, it the, the the elderflower absolutely that that has come out repeatedly.
2: That's come out. The Saki's come out. There's been a couple of others that we've used. There's some that are just sitting. At the banana well, there's things one. like the banana.
1: I think the lychee liqueur that I've got, like, oh. I've got like a whole bottle of them. We've used it in one cocktail. No, I, I did um, have a
2: weekend where I just kept making those, and went, they're delicious. I will really have these all the time, and 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 I have. I think come, there's a the
1: rose in the back there as well, which we use Ooh. at some point, which Ooh, is never God, seen oh, the light of no, day. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, there are a few odd things in there, which I think <laughs> I really need to find a use for those, otherwise it's going to sit there forever. But I the, think that the,
2: would be good content to do a ranking of the random shit <laughs> the at the back of your cabinet. On the you can make more out of in this don't buy a bottle of this people yeah. if you need some banana liqueur we'll ship it out to you yeah, absolutely because we ain't going to drink it <laughs> lovely oh well, with the five keys yeah. firmly in hand one for each finger quite that will open the doors to possibilities
1: <laughs> okay
2: that <laughs> was one of those instances where just the train of thought was going and it was like she said stop stop yeah. no 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 no, no. you don't know what it's you're saying go into
1: a place where trains just never go <laughs>
2: <laughs> the doors are open are you ready for a story Nick yes ra rah, rah. Well, we are going back to yet another classic Victorian tale of murder and mischief. possibly possibly. Now this is one of these stories that you find in this is from a wonderful book called Murder by Gaslight is one of the most definitive records of this story. There's also been an account of it written by Linda Stratman who has also written one of our other favourite books The Secret Poisoner. The details on this case outside of that because these guys have done so much research are few and far between but when Uh. you read it you go (laughs) this is a roller coaster. This is a roller coaster of incidents and anecdotes in it which boils down to a, a, a slightly curious case but the detail that people have found i fell in love with so i hope you enjoyed so come with me now come okay. with me now come on, then. foul play behind the doors of a simple victorian household in a town you might recognize nick <laughs> we are telling the tale today of dr william reeks Liddon reeks lidden Reeks is his middle name It's just Lyddon Some sort of Game of Thrones Not there Yeah there. absolutely Yeah. <laughs> Back in the 1800s <laughs> <laughs> William was born In 1849
1: In Derbyshire Derbyshire
2: Derbyshire His father was A collector of taxes Oh, well, that made him popular And his mother Died when He was a year old yeah. That That wasn't her job That was just unfortunate <laughs> Now Daddy did remarry He married, uh, remarried An innkeeper's widow Okay That's An true. innkeeper's widow She <laughs> the, didn't have a name no, she did, Elizabeth. Oh. Eliza, okay. she was also known as. Mrs. Lyddon II. Uh, she had two sons and a daughter from a previous marriage. Mrs. Lyddon would give birth to another son, Charles, her youngest, William's half-brother, in 1861. Now, by 1878, the 29-year-old William was qualified as a doctor. Ooh, Fully qualified, was going to be practising GP, married a lovely lady named Sarah, and they had moved to a beautiful home in faversham <laughs> americans are going what's that now it's
1: very near where we are right now it's very very <laughs> very near. very near
2: my husband basically mm. grew up in all of the places that were mentioned <laughs> and staggeringly he picked out this story for me and came at me going you have to read this you have to do this story You have to do this story so he had a gp practice on west street in faversham If you ever come to England, a lot of the places I mention in this are still there, are open to visitors and patrons. Please go and enjoy it. It's a beautiful, beautiful town. So, lovely practice, but the happy start to William's career would be somewhat dampened by the death of his wife just a year after they'd moved to the town. That does
1: tend to dampen things does. It doesn't
2: make it easy, does it? No. Now, William's broken-hearted, of course. He continued to serve the community as a GP, fairly well-respected, but he had perhaps understandably relied a little too heavily on the drink after the tragedy to, to as, quell the loneliness yes that's
1: not, it's not unheard of really is it
2: and now at the same time william's younger half-brother charles had begun to study medicine himself in canterbury
1: <laughs> gold they're all coming down south
2: <laughs> they all moved down south they lived the parents lived in canterbury yes and he studied here didn't finish his studies didn't qualify but he qualified as a dispenser in the
1: end okay pharmacist It's still a perfectly reasonable, reasonable profession, I feel.
2: Indeed, indeed. And this is how Charles ended up working at his brother's practice. He ended up working with him around 1878 is when he first went there in Faversham. Charles is quite nicely set up. He gets an allowance from mummy and daddy of £200 a year. William also promises to pay his half-brother £50 a year for his services.
1: So fair enough, he's doing a job.
2: Trouble is, William didn't ever actually pay him that salary. That's less good. Yes, he, he, he didn't pay him, kept promising to do it and say, I would definitely pay you, I will get round to paying you, you don't really need it, mummy and daddy, and also, can I borrow some cash? <laughs> so yes, he needed the money for special medicines, medicines named whiskey, mainly. Now, families are forgiving, and certainly Charles had enough money from the bank of mum and dad to keep him, so they continued to work together for a few years. And in 1886, mum and dad and Charles all moved to Favisham and they move in with William. Now, maybe it's to save money, mm. maybe it's to cheer William up. Quite. Maybe it's to address his drinking... I don't think it was the latter because Mrs. Lyddon, the mother, uh, definitely loved to drink herself. <laughs> Absolutely loved okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so did Charles. And it was said that William would drink half a pint of whiskey... A day, not in Bongo. Charles would drink a pint of whiskey. It's a pretty good guy. So, yeah, that's a lot. That's a well, lot that's to a, get lot I whiskey. mean, over a day, maybe, but maybe yeah, but they just would,
1: do shots. Yeah, but you wouldn't start it, would you? Start at like seven in the morning or something like that with a, I think, with they a might nice have. tot of whiskey.
2: <laughs> they are obviously all moved in together. You think they'd be having a whale of a time? Wonderful. Everyone's drinking. I doubt it very much. Yeah, n- yeah, not so much. William's patients aren't definitely on they're sort of going when is he going to turn up for work yeah (laughs) and he's pissed most of the time he does maintain this GP's practice and he does maintain this air of respectability people like him he's probably not the best doctor Mm -hmm. around few people are going to question him really now Mr Lyddon Sr daddy dies Not long after moving there, he's probably sick of the pissheads around him. (laughs) So it leaves the two half-brothers and mother. And what had started as a decent enough living arrangement soon seemed to start irking young Charles. There's no doubt that his own drunkenness had probably stopped him from ever having a decent career. Mm -hmm. Let's face facts here. But he was now getting increasingly jealous of William or certainly had hostility towards him. William is now into his 40s. He's not in the best of health. He's not very good as a doctor, yet he has this beautiful townhouse that they're all living in at his grace. He is earning a salary that Charles should have had if he'd stopped fucking drinking
1: (laughs) if he had done the work
2: yeah exactly (laughs) to qualify and after mr liddon senior had died in 1886 charles hasn't got the allowance anymore Um. he's only got a pittance from his mother because obviously what was left has to keep the mother he's not getting all that income and also william's not paying him yeah it is noted that he did receive an inheritance from an uncle who died he received 270 pounds and some furniture and plate Nice. Do love the expression? You receive some plate. So plate. What is plate to people who don't know? Well,
1: I, I, you say that. I would say, is it like silver plate?
2: Mm, I think so. I don't
1: think like plates, as in like crockery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, have a plate. <laughs>
1: um, I think it's like silver, silverware. So. It's the
2: finery of the house. Yes. He's not got an income, and he's getting bitter about it. So well, why by... does not he just go and get a job? Because he's a pisshead. If you're getting that, <laughs> it's a very fair comment. Why don't you get up off your ass? Yes. Your brother's and...
1: fucking you over completely. Yeah. Saying you're working for him and he's not paying you. He's a trained dispenser. That's not a small career or small achievement. No. So go and get a job. I don't think you'd have an issue finding a job somewhere.
2: Normally. I would agree. But with you. Alcohol yes. might
1: play an issue in that. Yes,
2: and and as this story plays out, you might see something into his mental state. <laughs> okay. So by 1889, he's finished being Jack the Ripper because all <laughs> stories come back to that. Quite right. William is barely holding on to his practice. He's maintaining it. Charles is getting more and more quarrelsome with his older brother they would drink together and then they would argue they would sleep it off and become friends again well, that's what brothers do <laughs> that's
1: <laughs> when what they're... family siblings do that
2: there you go when they're sober best of friends few drinks into them you've always hated me you don't like my shoes <laughs> the cycle would go on and on and on and it turns into this farcical tale that lasts over this year and the next year as well so in April of that year William has to go into hospital for an operation on a stomach ulcer no surprises why William is very frightened that he might not survive mm. it's It's a dangerous operation back yeah. then. Charles is also very worried because his brother owes him a lot of money <laughs> five hundred pounds and unpaid wages, so that's basically ten years' worth of wages. yeah,
1: he hasn't received it so far. I don't think he was going to pay it to me tomorrow, but now he's gone to hospital. Mm. no.
2: <laughs> William has no will. So Charles has this great idea that he wants William to sign a deed of assignment before he goes into hospital. Okay. Now, he consults one lawyer. The names are great. Mr. John Wiggins of Whitstable.
1: Wiggins of Whitstable.
2: Wiggins of Whitstable. Yeah. Uh, they both talk to him. But then Charles decides to go with Mr. Frederick Gibson, a lawyer from Sittingbourne, another lovely Kent town. Under Charles' instructions solely, he wants it guaranteed that Charles will be repaid a debt of 560 pounds in total and the deed of assignment would bind William absolutely in these, uh, this is the exact quote absolutely to sell and assign Charles Lydon all his interests and goodwill in the practice the debts stock in trade horses carriages furniture plate <laughs> and effects yeah I don't know what the effects were on top of this.
1: What is everything else? It's fireworks. It's <laughs> just yeah. all his stuff.
2: Now, this deed of assignment is signed, and there is definitely confusion about what this means Mm. um certainly on charles's part the lawyers are very much like okay it it should something happen or if he's incapacitated then this can happen this is not like life insurance it's not that both no 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 both men sign the deed and they're witnessed by their servants one of them is the landlord of the sun inn who's also their coachman a man named amos the sun inn still open in faversham you can go to that pub it's very beautiful (laughs) william thought that if he survived the operation and was able to work, there would be no need of this deed to exist anymore. But he was said to have regretted signing it as soon as it happened. Because he knows of Charles's temperament. He had commented, I think I've made a very big mistake. Charles, positively preening, said after signing it and after a few drinks, I am master of everything now.
1: (laughs) That's that's very dramatic.
2: (laughs) Master of everything. He uses this phrase a lot. (laughs) Okay. William would go to hospital, have the operation, about two months in hospital, but he survived. He did develop a rather hefty addiction to morphia while nice. he was in there. But still, he's fit again. He returns home and he says to his brother, let's just destroy that deed of assignment. We're fine. We're fine. I, I'm, I'm okay. I can work. Don't worry. I'm going to pay you everything. And Charles is like, No. no. <laughs> now, he was the master of the house and every penny for the practice he felt was going to come to him. So the brother's relationship gets a little frayed.
1: So this is when the older brother dies, then he anything is committed to repay this debt. Is, am, I, am I understanding this correctly?
2: The details of it, because it's been lost in the adults of time, it's not that if he dies. I think the idea was that if he was completely incapacitated... So if he's
1: unable to work or yes, anything like that. Yes. Okay.
2: Charles certainly thinks that he can put this into effect whenever he wants. Make
1: a claim whenever he
2: feels yeah. necessary. He feels that now that William has signed it, he can control the household. Everything comes to him. He could sell everything and he gets the money. And it's I not see. legitimate. William's like, no, I'm still going to work and you can live here and everything. And the lawyers side with William, as you will see in the story. So, So Charles is completely he thinks that he's entitled to everything now. Gotcha. And he's going to act like that as well. Mm -hmm. The Liddens around this time hire a 15-year-old called Charles Naylor who's going to be called Naylor in this story that summer to live in as a page boy page boy is more of a wedding phrase that I feel but he his jobs were to look after the surgery and keep it clean answer the door learn dispensing help to do the cooking and make the beds and cleaning so he's completely being taken for a ride yeah, in this job it's, like, it's
1: almost like a footman sort of thing isn't it and yeah a fancy house type thing it's just someone to do everything you can't be asked to do yes <laughs> but he's
2: the live-in he's the live-in yeah. and he does it with a cheery disposition but he's one of the key witnesses so a lot of the accounts come from him and and the other servants who were there, but he's the one who stays the night there. So Charles is now tormenting his brother with violence now and threats. William gives as good a fight as he can, but he's pretty out of it on drink and drugs now, and he's older and frailer. So Charles rants about money, claiming that William is destroying the business by taking all the bloody morphia that's in it. Mm. Mother, you'd think, would side with him. No, no, Mrs. Lyddon is siding with Charles. And they're both joining in on tormenting William. Now, sadly, there's, there's, there's references of... Charles repeatedly trying to throw his brother out of the house and then keep him there because he wants to claim all of his money. He becomes violent. He punches him. He gives him a black eye. On another occasion, Mrs. Lyddon hits the doctor with a big stick. Nice. Now, these attacks may sound sad, but the majority of them from this point onwards aren't as sad because they don't do as much damage because Charles is hammered most of the time. Okay. They they get increasingly (laughs) insane. (laughs) So one night, there's an account from Amos, the coachman, who's called upstairs. Charles calls him upstairs. I'm like, I'm a coachman. What do you want? Mm. And he's like, no, you have to take care of William because he's drunk and delirious. And William's just in bed, sheets up to his chin. (laughs) Like, I'm not doing anything. I was having an ass (laughs) dream. Yes. Charles pissed is staggering around the room trying to hit william in the bed but can't do it because he's so drunk oh that's impressive so he's flaying around the room amos sort of stands in between them going okay you need to stop doing this charles says i will murder you to amos The quote again in Murder by Gaslight is Amos, however, was not only sober, but also stronger and fitter. (laughs) So during the fight that followed, it was Charles who was knocked down.
1: Mm,
2: So you can imagine him just pushing him, just like, get the shit out of my face. Another time, Amos found Charles in William's room again at night. Charles is running around accusing William of having whiskey hidden in there. You've got whiskey in here. You've got You've got booze. And he tears the place apart. He goes out, gets a small chisel... To open the drawers of his bureau. But he can't open them. He goes out. He gets a bigger chisel. (laughs) Quite right. Comes out chiseling, chiseling, chiseling.
1: Always chiseling.
2: Throwing stuff aside. He's got mementos of... uh, William's got mementos of his dead wife in there. And he's crying, going, don't touch those. And Charles is going, oh, balls to your dead wife. (laughs) I want whiskey. After being kicked out by Amos, Amos stays in the room, I think, huddled up with William in the bed. (laughs) Charles comes in again in the middle of the night. Okay, wait! I haven't checked the wardrobe. Oh, bloody hell! Oh, Charles! <laughs> Another quote here. Mrs. Liddon looked in from time to time, <laughs> and threw books at the doctor. Nice. <laughs> She's just there going, yeah, fuck you, war just,
1: and peace. It's like that. She ro- just out. He's with a patient. He just comes in there and chucks a dictionary, <laughs> chucks a dictionary at him and then walks out the room.
2: Another occasion, Inspector Fowle, a local policeman, Fowle, was called to the house by another servant and he found Charles Lydon sitting in the dining room with a double-barreled shotgun across his knee. Okay. William, terrified, tells the inspector, my brother is threatening me with a gun and I can't go into the surgery to do my business. And Charles shouts, yes, and if you come near me, I will use it.
1: OK, this family has issues.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we get so much worse. It gets so much worse. <laughs> it's
1: a shotgun involved already. So come on.
2: <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He, he later says, oh, no, they're just blanks. I was just threatening oh, It's fine. Him. It's all fun. William shaking leaves the room. Charles swipes at him as he leaves and he says to him your breath sticks and I don't want it in my mouth
1: (laughs) delightful
2: policeman gives Charles a very big bollocking yeah why am I here and you need to sort yourself out put that gun away
1: (laughs) hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank
2: On another night, a little more chillingly, Amos says he, he does attend to the house for a very long time. He finally resigns, actually, after a while. He's like, I can't, I can't deal with this <laughs> yeah. anymore. Um, but he, he does go into William's bedside and he's worried about him. And he does see a bottle and a glass next to his bed. Amos couldn't read, mm. but he sees a big red label across the bottle. Oh, it's
1: really a really and- sign.
2: Yeah, and he he sees William trying to take a drink, and he says he smacks the drink out of his hand. He says, "I don't I don't think you should do this." William is very grateful, and he's like, "I'm I'm I'm worried. I think they're trying to they're trying to get me." When questioned, well, that took like a downturn. Think, yeah. it was all very jolly. Oh, it was going to yeah. go come up again. It's going to come <laughs> up again. Don't worry. When when asked about this bottle, is it poison? Charles only laughs. <laughs> poison? Or, he, <laughs> or he's drunk? <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> again, th- again, moments of the story where it dips into sadness, and then you're going, "What? William has a friend who visits a Dr. William Hill of the bookies. Oh, Not the bookie, really. name. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. no. A bookie, a bookie fame. Yes, Dr. Hill. He visits in September 1890." And when he calls in, he finds William very sick from pneumonia. Now, William has contracted pneumonia. Mm. No one is looking after him. The, bed mm. is, the room is horrible. It's filthy. The slops haven't been taken out. He's really not in a good way. He doesn't even appear to have any food. And Dr. Hill says to his friend, don't worry, I'll get you food. At first, he provides him with some brand's essence.
1: Oh, and what is brand's essence? Could have Do been tell. the secret
2: ingredient, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have killed me.
1: Okay, okay. Give me, give me a rundown.
2: I'm going to say what it is, and I'm also going to read you the Amazon description, because you can order it on Amazon, and the description <laughs> is too good not to read. Okay. So I, I can only describe it, because I've never had it, It's and people may have better descriptions. It's like a it's some sort of cross between a chicken bullion and like a paste... Something like that. I don't know if you're supposed to dilute it or eat it, but the description is Brand's original essence of chicken made of all natural extract of fine quality chicken hygienically processed under high temperatures. Nice. Fat-free and cholesterol-free with no artificial chemicals or preservatives. The goodness of (laughs) Brand's original essence of chicken is sealed airtight in a patented triple safety cap. Ideal. For busy executives living the life in the fast lane. <laughs> Mum's balancing hectic schedules. Right, well, yes. And students.
1: And, <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing.
2: <laughs> You've never heard of it and until I had to essence. Google it. No, I... I mean, that's what's on Google. It's like brand's essence. You Google it and there it is. But it's still available now. Yeah, That's apparently. Terrifying. Unless Unless it was an entirely different kind of brand's essence for different kind of mums on a hectic schedule or other executives living well, in the vast lane. it that
1: sort of... We've, we come, you come across these sort of like yeah magic potions they had in this, this sort of period. Yeah. Um, well, we all had all Valentine's these, juice. Exactly, yeah. All these meat juices, juice. meat juices and things like that, which are distilled yeah. things, and they're going to cure everything, and mm. they're going to sort you right out. So I'm, I'm not surprised that there's a compressed chicken juice essence. Yeah.
2: Dr. Hill brings William that... He then also brings him a chicken.
1: <laughs> I bring you essence of chicken and a chicken. And a
2: chi- I don't know <laughs> if the chicken was alive or dead. Maybe he just didn't understand the parameters of, of how food works. <laughs> I brought you just a live chicken and a really processed version of it. I don't know what happens in between. Have this chicken and paste to smear on the chicken and enjoy it. So yeah, William's sitting mm. there with a live chicken and some weird paste. <laughs>
1: Sounds great. He's
2: not feeling better. No, he's not I feeling better. not. Aside from throwing various chicken implements at his friend, he does insist that a doctor needs to visit William. He has to leave. He, he's away on business. He's oh, like, is he not a doctor? He is a doctor, but he's like... But no, he's, so, too, he's
1: too busy. He's to too diagnosis. busy getting fucking chicken, He's, he's too busy with the chickens to diagnose anything.
2: <laughs> he's a shit doctor. Okay. <laughs> he is walking out the door going, I am self-aware enough to know that I am not good at this. Are we sure he's not a vet? <laughs> <laughs> he's a terrible vet he's a, he he's a chicken doctor <laughs> <laughs> I'm mostly known in bird law yeah that's yeah he walks out going I have not been of any help here get a real doctor in to see him or he makes arrangements to get a doctor because I think if you ask Charles Charles yeah, wouldn't have anyone happen, in yeah. and then <laughs> Dr. Boswell arrives Dr. Boswell okay. comes in okay Boswell's gonna save what's the day what's he bringing?
1: <laughs> compressed cow? Or...
2: <laughs> I've got some beef paste here we are go
1: Oxo Cube. have that
2: <laughs> Uh, he's let in by the servant. The servant is a little reluctant to let him in. He's like, no one is in a fit state to see you. No, I need to see the patient. I have been, mm. I've been, you know, paid to come here. He comes in, he goes upstairs, finds Charles lying on the landing, pissed out of his head. Nice. There's a woman as well, young woman lying with him, absolutely hammered. He's in a fun time. Steps over them, goes into the room. Paul William is sick and is recovering from pneumonia you know, the doctor says to the servants and says, "Like, who is looking after him? Where is the nursemaid? Where isn't there a nurse here looking after him?" And Naylor says, "Oh, he has a nurse. It's, it's that woman who's lying on the landing."
1: <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs>
2: oh she's pissed (laughs) best nurse in all of faversham yeah so not getting the best of care yeah catalogue of mistreatments Mm. so dr boswell actually does confront charles the next day once he's sobered up and insists william be moved to a nearby cottage hospital Uh, charles asked do you think my brother is going to get better dr boswell replied i hope so but it is no thanks to you that he is Mm. not dead now Again, William has a spell in this cottage hospital. He regains strength. But it's not long before Charles is insisting he becomes discharged. And William agrees because he fears what will happen to him if he stays. He fears that the retribution from his brother will be even greater. He's obviously living in a terrible state of fear. And it's a weird dynamic that's going on that Charles is trying to get him out of the house at different times. And then he wants him back. And you'll see this continue. He goes home. The torment continues and in a lovely piece of drama which may be my favorite bit charles takes to taunting his brother by shaking a bunch of keys in front of his (laughs) face going i'm the master of everything
1: (laughs) god okay well i commend you and your use of a bunch of keys okay (laughs) you go fine i i will allow this
2: there you go i gave you morphine and i gave you a big (laughs) stick and I was going to give you brand essence. No, 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 that's mean. But yes, big bunch of keys. Big bunch of keys. That is a wonderful way to taunt someone. Ooh, it really look is. at me yeah,
1: I've got a, I have got. have control of your house. I yeah.
2: Have... Responsibility, my yeah.
1: friend.
2: There are more rows, occasional periods of calm. Charles continues to harass his brother at times, as I said, demanding that he leave the house. Other times, pestering Mr. Gibson, the lawyer, to exercise the deed of assignment to get him out of the house and have all his money turned over mm. to him. Luckily, the lawyer's going... No, that's a terrible idea. Your brother is fine. He's (laughs) capable of working. Stop being mean to him. You're horrible. He calls Mr. Wiggins as well. Mr. Wiggins says the same thing. Leave me alone. I'm not your lawyer. (laughs) By now... In an interesting turn, William has moved into the dining room.
1: Okay. Is it nearer the drinks cabinet?
2: <laughs> it may well be. I think he thought he could outfox Charles by moving rooms. <laughs> this is all recounted by the servant. Okay. He moves into the dining room. Charles is too No one will to ever find, find me here. <laughs> I think Charles basically wakes up. Wait a minute. He just follows him around, saying he has to get out of the house using the immortal line You will either go to Hearn Bay or get out of this house. <laughs>
1: Oh, Herne Bay, what a treat.
2: <laughs> they are determined that he is going to go to Herne Bay. Okay. And Charles and mother come up with a wonderful plan that they're going to force him to go to Herne Bay and he's going to live there. But well, nice by the seaside. Get by some, the seaside. Get some fresh air. Again, this is but minutes from our homes, yeah. people. So they, they force William into the family coach. It's a trap, actually, but it's, it's yeah. a coach. They get him out there. They dump him on the streets of Herne Bay. Another excerpt from Murdered by Gaslight. At five o'clock that afternoon, Ronald McDonald,
1: <laughs> Ronald McDonald,
2: a Herne Bay cabinet maker and part-time okay. fast food, and
1: part-time burger flipper,
2: <laughs> <laughs> came across a man who he later learned was Dr. William Lydon and was reeling about the road as if he were drunk. Now, I need you to picture this okay. sequence as I say it. He caught hold of one of the iron posts uh, supporting a shop blind, mm-hmm. swung around and fell to his knees, he lay in a most peculiar manner. His forehead and knees on the ground, but his legs in the air. Uh, forehead
1: and <laughs> knees. knees on the ground, but legs in the air. <laughs> how how does that work? <laughs> Trying to picture this.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not elegant. Mr. McDonald went f- over to help. Feet
1: feet in the air.
2: <laughs> legs. In
1: the air. But how how are your legs in the air and your knees on I the ground? I think the lower the, 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 the yes, the sort of yes, so the, like upwards. the lower leg pointed upwards.
2: And so <laughs> Okay. Mm. Mr. McDonald goes over to help.
1: What, nice Mr. McDonald.
2: Yes. Another man is there and, and lifts him up. William is sort of slurring and saying weird things. They're like, okay, well, who is responsible for this man? Is there anyone mm. around? And then suddenly Mrs. Lyddon appears. Okay. Must have been watching from afar. This is the mother. The mother. Okay. And Mr. McDonald asks her, do you know him? He is my son, she said. One of the leading doctors in Faversham. <laughs>
1: they go thank god i live in Herne bay
2: (laughs) and she says do help him and they're like oh of course madam of course madam yes 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 where is he staying she names a boarding house in Herne bay it's a whole sequence of events where they take him to the boarding house and the landlady remarks that he didn't really behave like a drunken man he talked sensibly although he seemed to have no control of his legs Okay. And I like to think that his legs were flaying around as if independent from his body.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think some of the Irish jig going on down there. He's doing the river dance all over town.
2: Do <laughs> you know that kind of level of drunk you are as well, when you think you're talking sense but your legs Absolutely. are not obeying? <laughs> So there's there's all sorts of detail which I must paraphrase because there's so much to this story that you could it would be <laughs> hours and hours long. He stays overnight in this boarding house. He's restless during the night. He's constantly tossing and turning and groaning. It's enough that people are monitoring him that the landlady of the house talks about how later on she says that she doesn't find anything on his person because she goes through his pockets looking for tobacco. So she's a thief. <laughs> the next morning he's violently sick. But he seems to be doing a little better. What's gone on here later would think that has, has something been slipped into the yeah, system absolutely. that is not just booze. Now, having hoisted William out of the house, Charles suddenly arrives the next day to take him home. As I said, weird back and forth. Mm. Maybe Charles just can't get access to William's cash without him or can't have his vital signature. We don't know, but he decides he needs to come home. So all of this culminates in William returning to Fabersham back in bed at home. He's brought up some milk. He's brought up a meal of raw mince steak and a glass of stout. He could have okay. had minced steak as, a, as an ingredient. Nice. I'm glad we didn't because this is yeah, lovely. Yeah, I mean,
1: there's a great cocktail, that. Raw mints.
2: So on this evening when he returns home, William apparently sees two patients and I have to paraphrase the whole of the events of this evening here. He gives Naylor, the houseboy, some errands to run. When the boy returns, he finds the two brothers, of course, have been drinking again. Of course. A row has broken out. He, he records that they're walking from room to room holding bottles of whiskey and gathering <laughs> more whiskey <laughs> as they go, yelling each other and arguing this all It's my the whiskey. Way.
1: You can't have my whiskey. <laughs> no, it's the good whiskey. It's good it's whiskey. Good. It's, it's good. my whiskey. (laughs)
2: There's rows, there's fights. They overhear all sorts of nasty things behind closed doors. Comments about beating people over the head and cracking their head with bonnet stands and stuff. And then suddenly they're walking around and they're having a chat and they're being quite amiable. William eventually passes out on a couch and Charles tells Naylor the the house boy go to the police station and bring the inspector here he makes the boy go back and forth about four times because <laughs> he wants inspector Fowle there and he's like here's a pc he's not good enough go back okay here's another person he's not good enough <laughs> he, the inspector arrives not happy and charles is pissed going this deed of assignment you know about it i want my brother to leave the house he says my brother is in the habit of taking drugs and i might be accused of it can't have that at this point mrs Lyddon jumps in oddly and says oh, to the policeman oh you're very kind sir and i am ashamed of my son for wanting to turn the doctor out as he is very ill and not to be turned out a weird dynamic it's a there. very strange dynamic, absolutely. yeah charles shouts mr wiggins wants him out <laughs> and what mr wiggins wants mr wiggins gets the inspector says you are not bound to do what mr wiggins tells you to <laughs> Who is Mr. Wiggins? Mr. Wiggins. I have no background information on this. <laughs> Mr. Wiggins, he's
1: standing right there. He's standing next to me. <laughs> okay, is he wearing a big rabbit suit? Is that what this is? <laughs> he goes out there, Mr. Wiggins wants him out. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hand puppet. Like hand puppet. <laughs> hand puppet.
2: <laughs> he's got a little sock puppet. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Wiggins said I have to kill him. <laughs> Is like i'm going home <laughs> yes. this is awful <laughs> the reason that people didn't come to the house about four times with that poor servant is one of the policemen actually said to him like no way i'm not coming <laughs> over i know what he's like <laughs> the rows and the battles continue through the night as i said and eventually it culminates in charles allegedly forcing william to sleep in the lumber room so it's a servant's sort of area it's, okay. it's, it's full of detritus and crap and everything and um, he makes a servant guide him there William is quite pissed and you know out of his mind at this point he has to sleep on the floor with a sheet and like Naylor gives him blankets and he can't defy Charles and it's pitch black in there as well and he's like put him in there no food no drink just leave him in there And, and Charles himself locks the door and pockets the key and he's left in there overnight now the servants don't see William in there they understand that he has been checked on and in the morning Charles goes to bed he actually makes Naylor sleep in the same bed with him that night
1: okay
2: uh, I don't know if anything sexy happened I don't know but I think Naylor is just 15 like pressed against the wall like please keep <laughs> away from me you madman
1: this is what I pay you for <laughs> <laughs> you're mad <mind> now bitch
2: <laughs> or just, I just need to keep an eye on you so you don't know anything that I'm doing but there's a back and forth where Charles and Mrs. Lyddon herself say they've checked on William several times and he's snoring and he's fine but as the day goes on they go in to bring him some you know maybe bring him some food and they can't rouse him Mrs Liddon mm. can't wake him up they tell Naylor we need to call the doctor you move him into his bed and we'll put fresh sheets on it it <laughs> look all nice
1: make it look nice yeah
2: yeah they're taking quite a while to ask for the doctor they send the 15 year old in to lift up this 40 something man they're standing Charles and Mrs Liddon just standing there staring oh gotcha so the 15 year old is I'm sorry undignified dragging this Body up to his bedroom. (laughs) He can't get him on the bed. He's Mm. too high. So they have to sort of prop him against the bed. Or someone else fucking help him. Well, Mrs. Lyddon, I think, comes in and like does it. Oh, no, I can't. My back. Like you. He's left propped against the bed. They go out. They call the doctor. The doctor comes back, and he is dead. By the time they actually go in, he's face down. He's rolled over yeah. and rolled halfway oh, under the yeah. bed, and it's not a nice way to go. No, it's, 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 not it's, a it's really way out. It's very very sad. Of course, when the doctor arrives, Charles and Mrs. Liddon are crying and weeping. Oh, we're so worried for poor William. Oh, it's <laughs> awful. And Charles is so very upset. And as soon as the doctor comes out, like, oh, is my brother dead? Great. Can I have a death certificate immediately, please? (laughs) Nope. No idea how he died. And you need to call the police. He's like, oh, yes, I should. I should call the police. I should call the police. Definitely. Makes it look like it's his idea. Naylor goes to the police station. Hello, it's me again. (laughs) Can you come back to our house? Because someone's died now. Inspector Fowl comes back. Like, I have had four hours sleep. (laughs) This is bullshit. (laughs) The police come back, they examine the scene, and they do find a small medicine bottle in the lumber room where William had slept. Unsure of what it contained, the police talk to Charles and they say, okay, well, we're going to keep hold of this. And Charles remarks, oh, I'm glad you found this, as uh, people might say, I poisoned him.
1: (laughs) Yes, they might.
2: At that point, he then apparently leaned on the doorpost and said, Oh, my poor brother. I only brought him back from Herden Bay yesterday and to think it has come to this. <laughs> nice drama. I like it.
1: Very dramatic.
2: A post-mortem found that William had died from morphia poisoning, an amount that was unusually large and definitely fatal. At least a quarter of a bottle. That'll do it. Yeah, that, that that's not good. It was also found that there was no... Whiskey left in his stomach, and no other liquids that anyone could contribute to him having. For that evening, but there was a large la- amount of liquid in his stomach. Yet, Charles and Mrs. Lyddon said he'd been in the lumber room all night and he'd had no food or drink or anything apart from what they'd given him earlier the mm. previous day. So, no one's accounting for what is all this liquid in his what stomach. That, yes. Yeah, what's gone on there? So, a coroner's inquest is held at Faversham Guildhall, again, a place you can visit <laughs> now. A large crowd stood outside and groaned loudly when Charles <laughs> Lyddon put an appearance. Boo. boo to you Charles insisted as I said William had wanted to sleep himself he'd wanted to Absolutely. sleep in the lumber room who doesn't love who? to sleep in the lumber room who doesn't like to sleep in the pantry who doesn't love sleeping amongst lumber <laughs> <laughs> Mrs Lyddon declared she was too upset to give evidence even though she was someone who had told witnesses several times and the witnesses testified mm. that she had been into the room Yeah,
1: Miss Lyddon's got a lot to answer for, I feel.
2: Mm, It's curious. At the end of the evidence presented, the jury declared, we believe that morphia was feloniously administered to the deceased by Charles Lyddon. Charles stood trial in March 1891 at the Old Bailey. The prosecution claimed that Charles had poisoned his brother and that morphine bottle that had been found in the lumber room had been his and Charles had gone in and given him a drink laced with this poison, given him an overdose. They just attributed it to him. The defense said William was a drug addict. He probably took that bottle in himself, in his pocket, Mm. sealed up, even though the servant said they didn't see any bottles in there, they didn't see anything when he went in. He took it, took too much and died. Technically, where is the evidence? This is true. This is true, yeah. The brothers, they said, had been close friends.
1: but no, I don't think so.
2: <laughs> but this evidence is purely circumstantial. Mm. Who can say how the morphine got into his system and why he took so much? When looking at all the reports, it may seem clear to us that something was afoot here. But in summing up, Mr. Justice Hawkins said, The prosecution in every case has the duty cast upon them of establishing the case by evidence which, in the judgment of the jury, is reliable. If the evidence left a reasonable doubt, then it is their duty to the prisoner and to their conscience and to the public to return an adverse verdict, unless the prosecution establishes the case by evidence, which left no reasonable doubt. He went on to say is it shown on the part of the prosecution that the deceased did not take morphia with him into the room there is no evidence that it was not in the deceased's pocket i cannot see why really nailing his colors to the mm. mast here i cannot see why if the prisoner wished to administer poison to the deceased he should have put it in that room as it could not have been done quite easily in the deceased's own bedroom
1: yeah, he has a point
2: this surmising statement from the judge leads the jury to take only two minutes to declare the verdict of not guilty.
1: Yeah, mm. it's interesting that back in this time, and you do find a lot judges very much make their opinion known Mm. Uh, in their their summation and things like that which you don't get these days Um, the judges go he's fucking guilty
2: (laughs) now go and deliberate
1: and let me know your honest opinion but he did it
2: yes (laughs) I mean the the opening bit of it is very true like is there a reasonable doubt here you can't and he was right it's circumstantial evidence Charles Naylor walked away a free man and it is circumstantial evidence and even today you would probably question it going there's nothing to say that he gave him the poison that he made him drink it that he forced it down his throat or anything like that or because he was a drug addict did he just knock it back himself and took too much and they didn't take care of him they certainly wanted him dead i think we can say that yeah absolutely pretty clearly he wanted his brother dead he did nothing to help him when he was ill previously he did nothing to help him in that room and whether or not he went in and gave him morphine he took morphine in there he was very happy to lock the door and what happened happened but he still walked away a free man. So whether he helped him over the edge or whether it was a delightful coincidence, that is the story of Dr. William Lydon. I like
1: that story. It's a good story.
2: Lot to it there, isn't it? Yeah, but you just just don't know. It could have
1: been entirely
2: a happy coincidence. (laughs) It's not covered that much because it's not a cut and dried clear case of murder. It does seem like a really unfortunate and sad in parts case yeah, of like horrible domestic abuse between these brothers and that he was very badly mistreated it's very clear they were happy for him to die oh god
1: yeah and that the mother has taken such a star- side as
2: well yeah it's
1: very peculiar
2: people have picked up on that later on like you know why didn't she give evidence why didn't she support charles oh, yeah. she could have said all manner of things in the inquest and in the trial to defend him yeah but she. Just... why didn't she
1: well wow, i suppose I suppose it's if she did, then she's either condemning one of her sons, yeah, type of thing. So is it from her point of view? It's best to I don't say anything, and therefore I haven't taken a side.
2: Well, William wasn't her son, though.
1: That's a very fair point.
2: Yeah, stepson. So she could have defended yeah, Charles no, better. Okay, yeah,
1: no fair point. Fair point. Yeah.
2: She could have. She could have stood up and said whatever Charles says is true, mm, but she didn't. She didn't. She didn't. So is that a bit of? It, is, is it genuine? Mer- is it is it coincidence? Is it her going, I'm too sad and this is all ended in a really nasty way? Yeah. Or is she going, if you're going down, you go down your own, mate? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is all on you yes and there you go mm. but lots of lovely quotes and phrases and <laughs> stupidity in there lots of madness a lot of things that we've probably all done when we've been drunk falling face down and your knees and your legs are in the air and you go how did I get in this position <laughs> mm.
1: yes I'm not sure I've ever been in that position
2: I don't know no. I think we all know someone who has you know <laughs> we, we, after a few too many sambucas, and someone's yeah. fallen asleep in a position where you'd like take a photo of them going what the <laughs> hell What's are you doing there? <laughs> but also you shall go to Bay or get out of this yeah, house absolutely. Nick yes I'll hit you with a big <laughs> stick and throw books at you when you're not looking there we are delightful well what do you think people what do you think of the story do you think that Charles did it do you think in Charles and Miss Little were in cahoots and they mm. actively poisoned William or do you think it was just a coincidence do you think it was just them waiting out someone in very unfortunate circumstances to die which is maybe crueler and colder yeah Ugh. pretty grim
1: absolutely
2: yes tell us what you think in the comments of wherever you listen to this episode or any of the social media channels you follow but very importantly you must 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 mix up a five keys
1: absolutely it's bloody lovely i might have another one in a minute it's
2: yeah. great oh
1: let's 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 it's really nice so let's. yeah and it's got all your classic ingredients get a, get a bottle of Gino in
2: yeah yeah it's, it's another yeah. one
1: that's going oh this is a good cocktail so we've used it a
2: lot and it's never failed us yeah absolutely so very very tasty drink use it as a gateway drug to chartreuse <laughs> but stop because chartreuse is awful lies remember to follow us on patreon and tell your friends about the poisonous cabinet let's get some more followers on board please do leave us a review if you haven't already on apple itunes wherever you listen to your podcast but apple itunes particularly helps us get up the ranks share comments and share positive things about us we really appreciate it when you do and keep sending us suggestions of more stories and more themes and topics we can cover we have had some through we record all of them Mm. we really appreciate it Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye-bye.